Oh, oh, one more thing. Just One More Thing, a podcast about Columbo. I'm R.J. White. I'm John Morris, and on this episode, we'll be discussing Rest in Peace, Mrs. Columbo. Originally broadcast March 31st, 1990, directed by Vincent McKeevity, written by Peter S. Fisher, and starring Helen Shaver, Ian McShane, Edward Winter, Teresa Ganzel, and, of course, Peter Falk as Columbo. And each time we're joined by a special guest this time around, it's illustrator Stevie Von Bronckhorst. But before we bring her on, John, yes, who's sir. playing at the sports arena tonight? Oh, well, playing at the sports arena tonight uh, is our old friend Columbo, who must face the long-simmering wrath of Vivian Dimitri, the widow of a man he once sent to prison for murder. Uh, which is apparently something that runs in the family as Vivian puts a few holes in Colonel Samuel L. Flagg before rushing off to a secluded rendezvous with Death Race's own Al Lovejoy Swearingen. That's all prelude, however, as Keen to Kill Vivian sends Columbo's redoubtable, ever-faithful, and forever-invisible wife a welcome wagon gift basket full of murder marmalade. Yeah, RJ, it must be jelly, because jam don't kill like that. (laughs) Well, actually, it doesn't kill anyone at all, but it's all part of a big ruse involving a fake funeral, a duplicitous domicile, a smokescreen of a homicide investigation, and another attempt to cram Columbo into a 90s noir template. But won't anyone think of Kate Mulgrew? This could have been the role of her career, RJ. Missed opportunities, RJ. Missed opportunities. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This one definitely put the uh, Mrs. Columbo series slash debacle to rest. Stevie, welcome to the show. Hello! I'm going to ask you, flat out, uh, you you enjoy Columbo. How how did you first uh, come to to the program and whatnot, come to enjoy it? My first come to Colombo moment. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You wrote, you wrote uh, well, I watched it on TV with my dad, and he had pants that exactly matched some of Colombo's pants. <laughs> okay. And so we thought it was... Uh, That's a good reason. Yeah. So. <laughs> and then uh, I started listening to your podcast, and then you said the box set was on sale, so we got that. And oh, that's good. all I did for six months when I was in Alaska. Oh, my goodness. Wait, wait. Right. What, what were you in Alaska for? What was going on out there? I worked at a newspaper in Juneau. Oh, wonderful. my goodness. Doing what? Uh, it, was a, it was a penny saver, and she solved mysteries on the side. There you yeah. go, yes. <laughs> Most the, the culprits were always bears. <laughs> 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 and mudslides. Yeah. Mudslides had to be arrested. Sorry? Mudslides had to be arrested. Yes. Which is difficult. Uh, my fiancé had come up to visit me, and he... Uh, mistook the time his plane was supposed to leave so i had to buy him a new ticket and then he bought me the box set oh, and oh, then i've nice. been all colombo ever since that's a nice exchange yes now you you started with the 90s episodes right uh yes because that's the ones i remember and oh, i goodness. recognize all the props and so i'm like what <laughs> i haven't seen one of those in a while and uh and so that's kind of fun only 90s kids will remember these Columbo props. Yeah, wow, crazy. <laughs> um, okay, so then you remember seeing this one back when it originally aired? No, I don't. Oh, okay. This is not the one with special pants. That's a different one. I oh, okay. Because I sort of do. I remember bits. In, I remember I saw this one back when it was on 25 years ago. But I didn't remember. There was a lot of stuff I didn't remember. But I, there were things I was watching it like, oh, okay, yeah, I remember that scene sort of that one. Um, but yeah, 25 years ago. I, I didn't realize 
I I wouldn't maybe like it so much when I was forty, <laughs> uh, which is kind of what happened with this. So <laughs> it, it was an odd. It was it's an odd episode. It's really weird. Yeah, the the other one I was uh, really interested in was the um, one where he goes to the Playboy Mansion, which is completely ridiculous. Oh, I haven't seen that one yet. What is that uh, one? It's horrifying. It's one of the few ones where you like you have a gruesome body at the end, and oh. so it's like, why is this isn't this isn't normal Columbo? But it's also uh, basically an hour and a half of Columbo seeing a pretty lady and going, "Ma'am." Um, over, over. Yeah, and then uh, they have to fight this organization called Pagan. I believe. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, John! Oh, John! <laughs> I'm sorry. I gotta take a moment. Oh, uh, oh. Uh, a little dragnet. Which also you got you got the, the Dabney Coleman there too. Oh dear. Oh, fair point. Well made. Oh goodness gracious. Yeah, this oh. is a well. RJ recovers. Uh, this oh. is a this is a really atypical Golly. episode in a lot of respects. It opens. Yeah. With Col- we've seen Columbo at funerals a hundred times. We, yeah, he's usually thought- he's usually messing them up. He's usually right. disrupting funerals. He's disrupting. Well, he's disrupting a funeral here too because well, well, it's yeah, he's creating fake- one of thin air. Yes, but we'll get to that. Do you think they dug up the casket later? <laughs> I don't. It's know. a really I wondered nice about casket. That. Yeah, I well, wondered about a lot of that. The, they delayed the burial because they had to look at her poison body some more, right? Because they right. had to go put the casket back in the rack. And, <laughs> and also, also from uh, from the look of the uh, view behind the crowd at the gravesite, they also had to call in a, a fake rain rig because it was a sunny day. Yeah. So that was very expensive for the police. Yeah, the department. rain's the rain's done by the time the funeral's over too, which is very poetic and very and very noir esque, which we're gonna use. Oh that my way. god. Well, uh, well let's just get into that then. Do you want to go to that wanna, right now? Wanna, I want to talk about the funeral setting. Oh, okay, we'll talk about that. Well though I guess and I also could... well no, actually this is good. We talk about that because I also want to talk about um the, this kind of storytelling gimmick they sort of use that could be good, but they use it very badly and that just threw me out of it. A lot. Yeah, so, it's, kind of, it's, it's kind of hilarious hearing people's internal monologues while they're like acting. Oh, yes. So hard. Yes. Yeah. I like but the, it yeah. builds a sense of menace that that uh, that helps a lot because a lot of the the uh, the shows kind of all over the place in other respects. So mm-hmm. having them come back to the funeral over and over again um, really goes like, oh wait, there's there's something horrible going to happen, right. which right. doesn't For, really uh, build up in the rest now, of the scenes. No. Now, as this is not on on any of the streaming services, so you have no. to have the DVDs to see it. So, if you haven't seen it, just real quick, there's a, a framing sequence that happens at what is nominally Mrs. Columbo's funeral, right? And uh, every time they return to it, which they do three or four times during the episode, uh, you get the internal monologue of a different character, tangentially involved <laughs> in the murder, yeah. including a, I would say, a chronically misused Ian McShane. Yes. Who does have my... He has my favorite monologue. Yes, yeah. Which is is where he literally says, what am I doing here? I don't even like this guy. Right. (laughs) But he's like, oh, he asked me to come... Because when I was watching, I was like, why why would he go to this funeral? And then Ian McShane answered my question. Right. In the course of monologue. Like, oh, because he asked me to. But then you think, like, why would he ask him? Why would you ask? Because it doesn't do anything, right? So that's a rough one. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, plus with the monologues, the entire episode up until the end is pretty much just told in flashback. Yeah. So each one of the monologues by one of a, like a different character then lead into a flashback, but then the flashbacks 
go off in directions stuff. that the character would not have been present for or would not have been privy to at all. So it just pretty yeah. much kills anything they would have known. It's, eh, it's, yeah. that might it's a good idea, but it's not a, not executed very well, I think. That might yeah, explain they... why the episode seems a little shoddy. It's because people are filling in the blanks themselves. Ugh. When the secretary's standing there saying, he seems like such a nice man. I'm sorry about his wife being dead. This reminds me of what I imagined must have happened. <laughs> Maybe that's it, yes. And then none yeah. of the rest of it is from her point of view. She just happens right. to be in the yes, room. exactly. Yeah. Uh, I guess if we're talking chronic underuse, that was uh, Teresa Genzel or Genzel. I don't know how to pronounce her name. Right, yeah. But, uh, tons of stuff over the years. Yeah, always yeah. kind of a bubbly, ditzy character. Mm-hmm. And who in this one... Color. Who spends mm-hmm. most of her time just in an office being upset. Yes. But but yeah. is somehow intrinsic to the plot. Right. Well, I mean, we're talking... Okay, same with the funeral thing. It starts off with uh, the priest doing the uh, graveside speech, like, Shafian. He sounds like J.K. Simmons. Oh. Yeah, it kind of does. You're right, yeah. I think about that, yeah. But then when... Um, oh, by the way, good... Mur- if, we, if they redo Columbo... Oh, he'd be Simmons, great. Good oh, murderer. Yeah. Good yeah. murderer. Either that or uh, the, the uh, Bruce Kirby cop who's always annoyed with Columbo part. Who shows oh. up every other episode. Like, oh, right. Okay, whatever, Columbo. Fine. <laughs> shows uh, up to harass Mark Ruffalo. I, I didn't think Helen Shaver uh, really had the uh, gravitas to pull off doing the opening voiceover. Yeah, it's because she sounds like Frances McDormand in Fargo. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's very strange. It's this kind of just, it's uh, her voice and the way she's delivering it, it just doesn't really, for me, set up this long, simmering, like, decade-old anger and hatred. It's all just kind of still very white. She sounds like a, a Canadian a lapdog. Oh, it's can, yes. Helped, it's not helped by the hairdos that she has in this episode. No. right. Or and the way they, that she cocks her head to the side when she's considering something. Oh, that that works. Yeah, that works. The lapdog <laughs> thing. Yes, definitely. That being said, I think the actual text of what she she's thinking in the intro delivered right could have been chilling. Oh yeah, no, that's that's why it kind of bothered me that the way she says it, and you know, I'm going to say that's maybe eighty percent directing. Mm-hmm. Uh, was just like no, didn't didn't yeah, work we could, at all. It doesn't doesn't put that. That kind of weird creepiness in you that much. We're setting a terrible tone for the rest of this podcast. I know. If you, if you just joined us, it's ten minutes of us talking about how much we don't like this episode, and now let's continue. Yes. I like this episode. I oh, thought you do? Was... Okay, well, I'm sorry, then, yes. I watched... You don't have to apologize. It's okay. Um, no, I, I do. I'm the host, and you're the guest. I have to apologize. I'm not You've come into my internet podcast house, and here I am, just completely... And you'll just... never leave. That's right. What? Uh oh. That's your first mistake. Yeah. Am I inside the computer now? Oh yes. God. Yes. Just like Jessica <laughs> Fletcher in that one murder she wrote. Oh, God. We're inside the computer oh. solving murders. Oh, my God. In the computer? Um, yeah, not good. Well, I liked, I liked, uh, I liked the sense of menace because I watched it uh, by myself in Alaska in the dark and, uh, and didn't have anyone to chat with about it. And so I was. A hundred percent on board with Mrs. Colombo has died. <laughs> oh well, so, then, well, maybe that's it. Maybe the proper setting. Maybe that's what Peter Fisher and Vincent McGeevity had in mind. Like, oh, we're making this thing. Yeah, sure, it's going to be broadcast in a major television network. Now that there are still only three of them, but <laughs> what we're really making this for is somebody who's in some cabin 
out uh, on the icy wastes of Alaska, alone in the dark. That's yeah, what we're really Stevie, making it for. Did you live in the serial killer cabin from Insomnia? Oh, yeah. God. All right, that's what I was wondering. Because that's, that's the picture RJ just painted. Well, it's a is tourist attraction there, I think. Robert De Niro was pacing around your house all day. Yeah, that's exactly. The, the cruise ships actually pull up to the deck. Oh, they take photos. Like, oh, yeah. hey, look, that's, that's where he lived. Stevie, yeah. actually, you'd probably make a good murderer on Columbo. Yeah, there we go. Oh, thanks. Well, no problem. <laughs> I'm wearing a I'm wearing a very shiny jacket, so I'm sure I'd fit in very well. Very nineties. <laughs> it looks like that chair from the the episode where he's at a movie uh, studio. There's oh, so many. I'm yeah. in it for the chairs. Oh, it's probably it's okay. probably the um um the Fisher Stevens one. Yes, it's, it's black. It's got flowers oh, on. Okay. It's very. Nice. I totally fit in. So this yeah. is our fashion segment. Yes. If I, if I have to be as good at murdering people as that lady in the show, that's a low bar. Day, yeah. I think I'll be fine. <clears throat> that, that's, that's that's one thing I, I kind of uh, I was wondering about because mm-hmm. she is not particularly good at committing and covering up the murder. Well, it's because she's crazy. Well, I, that's part. Of, <laughs> I thought. Well, no, I thought that was one of the possibilities. But then also the possibility, I thought like, oh, okay, well, she kind of sloppy with it and doesn't think it through because she wants to get to Columbo and that's why. Or is she just really bad at killing people? And I, I came to, it's bad. she's bad at killing people because her long-term plan was, okay, I'll wait, I'll lie low for 10 years, and then uh, the guy from MASH, uh, I'll shoot him, and I've got that <laughs> all planned out. And then once Columbo's involved... I'll wing it until I found out his wife likes English jam. Uh, and then well, she's just kind of, it just goes off nowhere. It goes off the rails. So I think, like, she's just yeah. bad at killing people, didn't think things through at all. We should probably mention, again, Laura for Robin folks who haven't seen this one, why, yeah. why she wanted to kill him. Right, because, yes. Because her husband away because he embezzled and got caught and so killed somebody about the embezzling. Who might have ratted him out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, uh... Um, the reason anyone found out anyway was because his co-worker, Charlie, the murder victim in this episode, uh, sold him out. Mm-hmm. So, well, that's what, uh, that's what, um, the character thinks. Um, and she also resents him for hitting on her for years. Yeah. Boy, that's a but weird I one would too kill him punch. just for that. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> so the, uh, so that's why she kills him. Yes. But yeah, then still it's... wants to kill Columbo, but then has no plan about how to do that or his mm-hmm. wife. Like, she yeah. hadn't thought that part through, which seems so odd to me. Yeah, there, when Columbo she shows up... She probably had lots a... of ideas. She had ten years to think about it, but she was presented with a better opportunity, so went with the jam, I guess. Yeah, which, <laughs> that's the best opportunity. Yeah, she wanted to meet like her he... after all. She's probably I... going to, like, stick her with a needle or something. Yes, yes. Yeah, do you think she had like a Rube Goldbergian murder plan set up? And then when the marmalade happened, she's like, oh, improvise, improvise. Oh, that's a lot cheaper. Let's go to the supermarket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to put a bowling ball on a mousetrap and roll that down a track. Who's going to hit a hammer? Who's knocking a boot? But lemon marmalade? Come on. That's easy. (laughs) Easy peasy. Ten years out of work, you can come up with all kinds of crazy stuff. I have a theory about this, by the way. I have a theory that she has actually been murdering dudes for ten years. Trying to... Trying to get Columbo assigned to the case <laughs> so that she could sidle up to him, meet his wife, and murder her. Well, I mean, that, that's a huge gap in her plan, too. Like, she just, she finds out that Columbo is coming back to work after vacation. Mm-hmm. 
I'm guessing there's more than one homicide detective in Los Angeles Police Department because it's a large city and there are a lot of people killing other people. So how is she so sure that he's going to get assigned to that case? She figured out what we figured out and what everyone else who watches Columbo figures out. When two rich people murder each other. That's true. Columbo shows up. There you go. Like the tooth fairy for rich murders. He's got a bracket. He's got an income bracket that he's assigned to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is anyone from a... Murder from a, right, a quarter million dollars a year and up, they go into the into the wealthy homicides department. Of yep. course, yes, that mm-hmm. division. Yes. Oh. Do you want to talk about her uh, her driving to work? <laughs> oh, oh, that crazy so she, the, rear the projection. The, the show opens in the flashback where she's showing off a six million dollar house to some people who have maybe paid thirty thousand ever. Yes, and, well, no, they okay. Here's the thing about that: those people, that couple. From oh. back from back east, even though it's Virginia, so that's more south than back east. Because back east, you think that's you know mid Atlantic on up to New England, not down a in the very south. But northerner yeah. thing to say. But yes, of course, and I'm proud of it. Um, You're quite a Yankee. But the wife, uh, they talk about how they the, the guys complain like well, a million five for this place. Well, back in Virginia, we had this choice and blah 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 blah. And the wife like upbraids him, saying like, "Oh, you spent." Nine years to get out of that lousy city, that terrible city, that dreadful city, Warrington, Virginia. Well, let me tell you something mm-hmm. about Warrington, Virginia. Mm-hmm. Conveniently located, only 35 minutes from Dulles International Airport, an hour's drive from world-class cultural centers, restaurants, and fashionable retail areas of Washington, D.C. and its suburbs, the town of Warrington offers a business location and quality of life, unsurpassed beauty, and opportunity in the heart of Virginia's famed horse country. A favorite Warrington landmark is a statue of Chief Justice John Marshall, which was erected in 1959 during Fauquier County's Bicentennial Celebration. During what county? Fauquier County's Bicentennial. Fauquier County's (laughs) Bicentennial Celebration. I think we found out why that place sucks. It's located on Main Street, to the left of the old courthouse. He was a native of the county and began his law practice in Warrington. After the Civil War... Warrington became known throughout the nation for its galaxy of brilliant lawyers who practice at its bar and as a mecca for horse lovers. In, oh, 1880, in 1883, the Warrington Hunt was established, and in 1900... Please welcome, welcome to our podcast about Wikipedia articles. No, it's actually it's actually from uh, Virginia.org, the official website for the Virginia uh, Tourism Board. Uh, the quaintness... Well, of course, they're going to say nuts things. John, let me finish about Warrington. Right. The quaintness, <laughs> tradition, and charm of bygone eras are apparent along old Warrington streets lined with historic houses and brick sidewalks. Townsfolk gather on the steps of the post office or at a coffee shop to pass the time of day, perhaps pausing to listen as the old courthouse clock strikes the hour. And you know what, John? Old Town <laughs> Warrington what, what <laughs> was recently named... Can you guess what, John? Colombo capital of the world? Yeah, you're close. One Most of the long-winded town in America? <laughs> no, not quite. One of the prettiest painted places in America by the Paint Quality Institute. Warrington, Virginia. <laughs> Virginia is for lovers. So there now, you go. Paint Quality Institute. Bringing you paint and quality. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but I, they know paint, so that's nice. So I don't think that sounds like a dreadful city to me. That sounds like a wonderful, well-painted place. I, that I lady... Put on airs. Nice. That explains the the stable comment. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And also, it just seems like their entire real estate uh, company is a big crook scam thing. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, From yeah. top to bottom, which is kind of funny, I thought. Absolutely. So I, I don't want to see those houses. So, so you can get money to go bet on games at the sports arena. The sports arena? <laughs> what the? Arena. Wait, is, is the L.A. Coliseum really like this... Just say it. A legal thing to say. You say, yeah, I'm going to see the Lakers, the Coliseum. I think they'll be okay for the publicity. They won't mind it. Yeah. The sports <laughs> arena. It's ridiculous. I like it when she was uh, driving back from selling that house. She was driving down a, a a seaside highway past these houses with distractingly large mansward roofs. And she's able to carry on a cell phone conversation Without yelling. Yeah, as as fake as like uh, the Alfred Hitchcock rear production things look, this was like a million times worse than any of those. <laughs> it was so bad. I want a magic bubble car. That's great. It was very strange. It was a weird <laughs> choice. <laughs> a weird visual choice. I, 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 amongst a lot of weird visual choices in this episode. <laughs> yeah, it was hard to pick uh, screen caps for this one. Yeah, that Mansquare because... roof really threw me off. What, because there were so many good screen cap choices or... There were so many curious choices, is how yeah. I ended up thinking about it. But then none of them um, really like yeah. striking or interesting. It was just like, why did you no, do that? No, it's just there's there's ones that seem like they're about to be like when Columbo goes to the the CD hotel. Oh right, and it it opens on that guy in the terrible jacket by the water fountain reading something and then putting it away, and you it just really seemed like that shot was carefully laid out, but not very well executed. Right! And the entire episode feels like that. This, this Vincent McKeevity Vincent guy. Vincent I'm, I'm wondering about this guy. We've done like three Mel episodes Brooks, of right? his. Hmm? He looks like Mel Brooks, right? Is that the guy we're talking about? Oh, oh, in the hotel? Yeah. Maybe, yeah. With the hat. Yeah, with the check jacket. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. But the director of the episode, I'm, I'm wondering about this guy. He was the executive producer of the show in the 90s for a time. And he directed many episodes. Mm. We've talked about three of them so far, and all of them have had really ham-fisted, bad noir stuff just jammed in for no good reason that don't work well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's like and the hotel one, the hotel, the entire hotel sequence is a definite huge example of that. Oh, I loved it. I thought yeah, it was fun, but it's like oh really? It just didn't. That's fit kind of totally it's kind of the, the rest of it. It's kind of the best part of the episode, but it's also a part that really belongs in the 70s. Yes. Oh, definitely. The look of it, even. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that the it, hotel I clerk guess... is a guy from who was on Barney Miller a million times playing mm-hmm. a ton of people. So it seems <laughs> right. like, so it's like, yeah, it feels like he would be in a 70s sitcom thing. You'd be used to seeing him on TV back then, not 1990. He was dressed the same, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, that too. Yeah. <laughs> And he called him Mac. I don't. Mac. Right? Yes. What happened. Like I know that hotels like that still exist, but because I see them on Law and Order, but <laughs> it's, it feels weird to have it in the '90s. It seems like such a throwback. Yes. Yeah. It wasn't quite ready enough to be brought back again. There's like that window. We're like, well, no, we got rid of that for a while on television, and they maybe I guess they were pioneers. I don't know. I don't know. I used to live in a place like that. Probably back. Was really? It? Yeah. In the U District. Uh, we, crazy, crazy little apartments, and we all we all watch TV in one person's apartment. Yeah, or but you this... weren't like renting rooms by the hour. No, no, I what that guy was <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> it was technically an apartment <laughs> building, <laughs> and and you weren't uh, betting on games at the sports arena with a guy in right. a phone booth in the lobby, probably. Uh, no, you know, I was thinking. Of, I was just thinking about sports arena. I bet <laughs> that was that was a placeholder in the script. 
Oh, man. And it was and it was just such a lazy. I don't know. So sometimes the ladies Columbos feel a little lazy to me, and I think they were just too lazy to like replace it, or they forgot or something. Forgot like the name of the basketball <laughs> arena in the city in which they live and make these programs. Call uh, it, uh, it's either that or, or standards and practices said. Well, let's not do a brand name. Oh uh, yeah, we we don't want to actually mention why you wouldn't why you wouldn't just say Memorial Stadium, I, uh, which is super generic and fits right. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, well, she's in a way. Maybe he's just describing things in uh, simple terms so that she could get back into real real life. He, he's like he's like Job on Arrested Development. Look at Sports Arena, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going. To, I'm going to sports arena <laughs> for a sports game. I want to. I, I want to know why um, women are who are dressed up for a night on the town with Al Pacino um, don't wear coats. They just wear wraps. Like, who, oh yeah. Why? What is that still a thing? Like, I don't, I wear a coat because I gotta take the bus later. <laughs> in in the '90s, you were only a real woman if you froze to death on the city streets. Yeah. Oh, in L.A. though. So. Yeah. Well, she. It gets. It was rainy, right? The streets were all slick when she was running around to get the ATM money. Well, yeah, but I think oh, they were doing that yeah. for the weird noir feel thing again. Yeah. I think that's what that was. Well, I mean, in fact, her dress that, that her dress too, doing it for that, and the whole scene where she shoots um, Colonel Flag in his office too. They were mm-hmm. trying to play that. And the thing is, I like the way he was playing his role. Oh yeah, that's the best thing mm-hmm. I've seen that guy do. I think. Were we saying like he would make it? He would have made a really good killer. Oh, he would have been a really good killer. I think. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's impenetrable. Yeah, no, he was he was good. He's a good. <laughs> I, I, he seemed like he was having fun playing this really sleazy, smart yeah. con man guy. I thought he was wonderful in this. It was a shame to see him uh, go out so soon. Yeah, the victim, like, oh no, he's a victim. Oh, and then it was so irrelevant. Like his his death didn't. Usually, the investigation after murder shines a little bit of backstory on a character. Now nah, he's just pretty much forgotten, except they refer yeah. to his poor Charlie a couple times, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he yeah. was a, he was a crook, but we got that he was a crook, right? Yeah, but know. there wasn't even that thing that happens in a lot of Columbos where a person who's uh, a shitty person is murdered, and then you kind of Columbo even kind of gets the feeling like that's not such a bad thing, you know? Right? <laughs> it could be worse. Oh, well, he's actually, a stool pigeon. I think we established that. So true. That's enough. He's he's a fink and a con man, but yes, <laughs> fink. That's a good word. <laughs> fink. I'm thinking what in Virginia? <laughs> what, was, what was? What was that county uh, called? Oh, oh, oh God! I've already I closed the tab. The think of I, I, I didn't care about the town anymore once I made my point that the lady was <laughs> wrong. It's it like ah, oh, sorry, You're sorry, fine. whatever Virginia. I can't remember what it was called either, but I in my mind, of course, it was, let's it's say Farquhar. I don't know. Farquhar. I believe it's oh Farquhar. 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 I was hearing, I was hearing it as fuck a chair in my head. So oh, okay, great. Like the like the pivotal scene in Burn After Reading. Yes, that's um, right. lovely. I, I found a lot of new words in this episode. Lovely. I like I like new uh, vocabulary words, and so I learned today about San Simeon, which is a beautiful resort, which the uh, Charlie yells at a photographer about recreating in his photos. Oh, and right, yes. Fishy soir is apparently a food or mispronounced okay. in this episode, but it's a it's a leek soup. Yes, and then um in. Barca de Garni? Oh, oh, yeah, when he wants the BLT sandwich in the fancy San Francisco restaurant. Yes. And the, he the, embarcadero, the, the Embarcadero Garnier. Garnier. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's kind of, yeah. But yeah. the only thing, like, if you Google that, 
the only thing that comes up is this episode. So it's, it's, <laughs> I, I'm guessing. I'm guessing it has a code for bumpkin <laughs> or BLT sandwich. I'm thinking that's probably just like they have a bacon sandwich and they call it the embarcadero. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing the Garnier is like garnish garnishment. So it's probably lettuce, a whole bunch of stuff that you wouldn't just have on a BLT. So it's, I'm guessing that's probably what it is. They, they do put lettuce on a BLT, RJ. Well, I'm saying this restaurant, they call it, instead of just saying that, they, they call it that. It oh, do like they, John? Is that, is that the L part of the BLT, John? I'm, is assuming, that is? I'm assuming it was like watercress or rocket. Because I, thought, some it was, kind of I thought it was leeks. I thought it was, they put leek soup on it. It's, yeah, you know, go ahead and yell at me. Leek soup and tomato. lettuce. You said lettuce was the garnish. What are you yelling at me for? Well, but I'm saying they call it. Oh, forget it. <laughs> but let's talk about Christ, food. Where are uh, we? Because the finest or the worst chili, depending on when you get there, oh, is, yes. is available at a diner down by the docks near yeah. where they sell ice cream. Yep. Yeah. yeah. They, went to, they went all the way to Juno for that scene. I couldn't. <laughs> like, is that L.A.? Why well, is it so? I love that. I love that the reveal is that you think, oh, well, Columbo's in one of his diners he goes to. But then, they, yeah, they cut the exterior after he just can't eat the chili because it's made by a German fella named Heinrich. <laughs> so he's like, I, I gotta go. I can't do this. This chili, Probably no. Got curry in it. And yeah, Heinrich's use curry a lot. No, I'll, and so, uh, I'll actually tell you what's in it. Coming from a German family where my noma made chili. Yeah? Ketchup. So much ketchup. <laughs> the but Germans we seen... love ketchup, apparently. And, haven't uh, we seen Columbo put ketchup in chili before? I know, but it is That just... seems familiar to me. Anyway. Yeah. That's what Heinrich did. Too much ketchup. Okay. But yeah, the, the, then the reveal, they leave the diner, and they're on the docks. They're on the docks there, Los Angeles. Like, what? Yep. A and it looks like... Where they have, where they have a fellow... They have a fellow with an ice cream cart on the docks. So all the really uh, hard-nosed dock hands... And, all and those, dudes getting get their ice cream all bars. Hands being marked down on a clipboard by this very hardworking extra can get their ice cream. Ice cream bars. So much I'm really, going on. It's crazy. I, love I it. really hope that's like the Stevedores Union really lobbied hard to get ice cream. <laughs> That'd be great. Oh my god, I love that. They, that don't, they hardly sell any, but they just really <laughs> wanted it there. Right. Well, well that was the one concession. Life. That's the one concession, uh, literal and figurative, that they could get. And very nice is that one. I wonder if the guy, the guy wasn't trying to sell ice cream. That's no. the thing is, don't you like look around for customers? He's just like cl- wiping the thing down because it's filthy because he's at the docks. Well, no. Also, you know what that is? That's probably that's probably a Steve or it's probably a union job. He's got a union gig. Right. You just yeah, show just up. Polishing on the clock. Go ahead. He never that 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 thing that Columbo bought. That thing's been sitting in there for six months. He hasn't sold a single bar for six nope. months. Those guys ain't coming down getting dilly bars at all. Oh, man. I don't know. After a long day of walking back and forth behind two police officers, you can really work up an appetite. <laughs> That's true, yes. You want Wait, a waving tasty, at cranes. You want yeah. a tasty frozen treat. Nope. Something better than a cold supper and a hot tub in bed. Or, yes. yeah, or going straight into a cold bed. Yep. A cold supper and a hot tub in bed. That was her alibi. <laughs> a cold supper. Yeah, probably own a. Why'd you add that, lady? You probably own a microwave. Yeah, uh, that's not... that's gilding the lily a little bit. You're you're going a little too far with your uh, alibi. It's not so good. Yeah. I did spend uh, when I first saw this episode, and I actually the second time too, and I had to have RJ clarify it for me. When Columbo says that his his dentist just got back from Florida. No, he just, just moved. moved to Florida. Florida. Sorry, just moved to Florida. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was Columbo saying. I had moved to Florida. <laughs> and I thought, did they, did they do, like, 
a plot where the reason Columbo wasn't on air for 10 years was that he might <laughs> move to Florida. Were there, was there like an, a Columbo movie set in Miami? Oh, I wish that'd be great. Right. That'd be amazing. Like Elmore Leonard's Columbo in Miami. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying. Why can't I remember the name of this guy who did the, uh, the Hoke Mosley books? Uh, oh, 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 can't you? Oh the, God. Uh, now it's, the, yeah, no, the, the, uh, the, um, uh, Crap. Too bad we don't have an internet all yeah, the time. Yeah, I know. Hold on. <laughs> oh, Bo got me for... My fiancé got me the Columbo collection for Christmas. Charles Wilford. And it is entirely typeset in... It's entirely typeset in boldface times. <laughs> oh, which one? That, 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 that book that book that came out a couple of years ago? I've got that, too. I got that for Christmas last year. Hey, why is it bold? It's, 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 I think it's, it's kind of an odd little... Uh, it's an odd self-published book. Oh, yeah, really some cute. of the stories it's, it's super informative. Okay. Yeah. yeah, very gripping. It reads just like an episode. Well, wait, which one are you? Well, I think you might be talking about two. Which which book are you talking about, Stevie? The uh, Columbo Collection by William Link. Yes, yeah, so you're talking about the one oh. that's actually short stories. Yeah, I I got that last year. Yeah, yeah. John's talking about the uh, Columbo book. Where Columbo like, file. Uh, yeah, yeah, Columbo file where it goes through yeah. each of the seventies episodes about behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, no, I've got the I've got the Columbo Collection. I've got that. It's yeah, it is. Types it oddly. Yeah, strange. Charles Williford, by the way. Yes. Was the author I was trying to remember. Yeah. Author of Miami Blues. Anything else? Well, let's wrap this up. <laughs> <clears throat> Who wrote I the am, Parker I'm, novels? Let's look that up. I... Uh, sure. Uh, now, I am feeling bad that we are just literally panning this I episode. know, because, because uh, Steve, you enjoyed this episode. You liked this one. Let's get more positive. What did you like about this episode? Um, I was in a place where I could, sus- I could successfully uh, suspend my disbelief that they would uh, show Mrs. Columbo or actually kill her off. So I was totally... Oh, okay. The uh, sense of menace. That this crazy this crazy lady provides, and um, and the sort of cat and mouse game that uh, Columbo's doing because he's like he, he says in the beginning when she talks to him and or I guess in the middle where she uh, sort of reveals that well yes you did put my husband away and he's like oh I put your husband away huh huh in the same tone of voice he was just using a second ago which means I think <laughs> he figured out exactly who she was when he first oh, yeah. met her. And uh, and so forth. So he's like a step ahead of her anyway, even though we're watching him play catch up the whole time. Well, actually, wait, did he bring I thought I thought he like um, didn't realize who she was exactly until they started going through uh, the murder victim's house and saw the photo of her. And then he realized. And, but the thing he there's something in that where he apologizes and says how oh, he felt bad when he heard yeah. the guy had died of the heart attack in prison and mm-hmm. actually says that he liked him. He was a decent guy that got in over his head, which is a thing that comes up a lot in Columbo, mm-hmm. where he actually doesn't feel terrible towards some of these people sometimes. But mm-hmm. also, actually, it brings he up the thing I... away, though. <laughs> right, yeah. But, I mean, actually, that brings up something I wondered about this. I was watching it. Was this based on a previous episode? And it's not at all. No. Which I was, I was surprised to find that out and was a little disappointed, actually. Yeah. Because I would have liked it to have been based on an actual past episode to have there be consequences to these people being put away and all that yeah. kind of stuff. I think that would have made it stronger. Yeah. yeah. But it's a good concept. That's like, for my part, that's what I liked about the episode is I thought there were a lot of good concepts in it. Mm-hmm. Right. And the idea of, of bringing, what's that? A lot of interesting attempts. Yeah. Like I think the funeral, because Col- so much of what Columbo does is masked, you know, behind his persona and the fact that he drops out of sight periodically. Mm-hmm. And I thought it would be – it's really interesting to have three different characters rec- 
define the episode by their recollections of Columbo, which they didn't actually do in this it was episode. Almost, it was almost a really good idea. It was almost yeah. really well put together. It was like everything was there. Like this would have been kind of Because sometimes they play with the structure of it. They play with the, the whole idea of the series. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't work at all. And you can tell from the start, it's like, eh, this was just not... But this one, this kind of could have worked. This kind of could have been a really good twist and turn on yeah. that. But just the execution is like just enough yeah. off that it's frustrating. This uh, It was dealing with Columbo as myth, which is not something I think oh, you yeah. could do. Oh, God, yes, exactly, yeah. yes. You couldn't do it more than one episode. episode. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. Oh, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. And then it did it did ruin that though because if you're if you were building an episode like that where you're relying entirely on people just re- recalling Columbo and building an image of him from their recollections, you wouldn't have scenes where he walks around with with Detective Brady telling him everything about the oh, case. Oh, that was a thing. Oh, you that, mean Bob Saget? Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. Clean Bob Saget. Yep. Tom, I Tom liked, is uh, at the end. Um, I, uh, one thing I liked about this episode was all the hilarious 80s fashions um, and hilarious 80s phones. Like, that mm-hmm. guy's a uh, hilarious uh, uh, Victorian phone when he's calling her to tell oh, her. yeah. Yeah, he calls it. So her her sometime lover uh, calls her to say, like, my wife's going to divorce me. And it's all because you, you talk to that cop. And she basically, he's on this fancy phone like a Muppet from a rich house. And she, she yells at him. Don't I? I'll tell her that I love her, and then she goes straight back to like cute dog voice and goes, "Please don't call here again." Yes, right. uh. <laughs> and then proceeds to have a very like uh, Twin Peaks. Yes. Oh, I was going to bring that up. Yes. In front of a in front of a projection of her professionally taken engagement photos, this, this, or oh crumpling into a satin pile of sobbing, and it's it's really it's really kind of like it shows it like this lady's kind of unhinged. And also, she spends a lot on photography, which I didn't know was such a thing before before our current age of engagement photos and all that. So yeah, yeah, it was it was it's kind of a dull episode visually, but then yeah, there's that sequence where they cut to it all of a sudden, and I think uh, John, you and I were chatting about like the weird uh, songs, like covers of songs right. in episodes oh, yeah. of the '90s, and that one has them both there, and it all of a sudden becomes yeah, this weird. Twin Peaks fever dream where she's chewing on a fur shawl while watching slides of her dead husband and then she gets up there and her eyes are closed she's dancing all slowly it's like that would be one of the most exciting interesting weird things I've seen Vincent McKeevity do in one of these episodes then yeah. this re- what were the two songs I forgot what the songs were. I didn't write them I'm down. I'm so lonesome I, should, I could cry, right. and I can't yeah. remember what the second one was, but yeah. It slowed down, so it sounds oh, yeah. like you're on the... A very slow, strange thing. cover. Very yeah. Lana Del Rey. Very. Oh, not even... Yeah, it was It was just... Oh, it was very bizarre, and it it's just... Sort of a bridal slip she's got on, too. Yeah, it was very jarring yeah. to have that. And then yeah. she, when she starts dancing in front of the projector... And so his face is on her, and this goes on for a long time. And you wonder, like, put more weird stuff in like that, Vincent McKee. But yeah. Come on. Yeah. I think just, like, the costume choices were weird enough. Like, the entire funeral, she's dressed like she's about to go on a fox hunt. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Bizarre, like... But, but Stevie, wasn't she? <laughs> and then she goes... And then, so then, um, when they finally go back to the funeral for, like, the third time after... Um, after Bob Saget tells uh, 
Oh, in the scene where Bob Saget comes and tells Columbo that his wife's dying, like she's wearing this green skirt and a purple and green uh, shirt, and she looks like a Marvel villain. And she's <laughs> talking into her tape recorder about drain, like Diane, drain this pond. <laughs> <laughs> And then this guy gets word that his wife's in the hospital, and she's just like, huh. Like, she can't even pretend to act there. Like, she's already, like, like t- picking out her fox hunt outfit. Uh, it's good today, isn't it, Diane? Yes. Uh, and how, then, many, how many 90s Columbos had crazy women killers? Uh, like four. I don't, I don't know. It, I, a lot I of can, them that I've seen have had them. Yeah. Because um, Sex and the Married Detective, of course, had. Oh, sure. That, like, notably nuts. That was, like, the whole point. Yeah. Um we'll have to we'll have to like do this offline because it requires going through the plots again. But Yes, and some of them I don't want to do that. But yes. Because yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. there's it makes me sad. Um Oh, yeah. oh, oh one thing a uh, big classic Columbo thing, uh disrupting uh, a fancy golf course for rich people. Sure. Oh, when so he rich. goes. Yes, when he goes in Bugsy and McShane at the golf course, disrupting his tea time. Wear your cleats. Don't walk yes. on. I love Great. that. I love that scene. That, that was, was a good. Really... That was a good seventies classic Columbo thing. That was. It was, like and that. you know, keep in mind, Peter S. Fisher, who wrote this, wrote a ton of great seventies episodes. Yeah, huh? but then his nineties ones. Ooh boy, I'm he not did a write a friend indeed, which I think is one of our favorites. Which one was the that? Ben, that was Ben Gazzara directed. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, oh, I, really I found topical humor in them discussing uh, whether or not women go to the bathroom during dates. It reminded me of the. Uh, oh, that recent... was strange. Yes, and then yeah, so, Colombo Trump being mad that Hillary Clinton pees or something. Yeah. <laughs> Very, <laughs> but no, Colombo trying to like bring up like oh, Mrs. Like Mrs. Columbo's bathroom habits on dates. <laughs> this is and, a, uh, that's a little weird, but all right. How and when and where from where women pee is a uh, timeless, truly timeless. <laughs> Uh, the in the uh, end part of the episode when they're having their little uh, how do you say it tay at a tay yes um, it becomes a bottle he's, episode he's episode. gotten yeah, so sad and eating the poison <laughs> marmalade and she's getting so excited about it and he's uh he's listing to the side because he's in the throes of poisonous death or so she thinks right um, she gets up and she starts like monologuing in her uh, favorite way yeah. about why and how this is happening and how much she hates him. But she's massaging his scalp. Yeah, weird. Right. Weird. And like she's massaging his so, head. So and, how, how yeah. creepy is that going to be? Because uh, for Sergeant Brady, just around the corner, kind of watching that with his t- little tape recorder, like, should I go in yet? I, yeah. well, I, 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 when, well, which should I go really... in? Uh, I don't know. I, oh. this, is getting, this is getting good. Yeah. I don't know. It's good. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> RJ, do you want to talk about your, your big problem with uh, with Sergeant Brady's house? Oh, yeah. So so the big reveal at the end is it's not Columbo's house. His wife isn't dead, of course. Sorry, folks. Uh, yeah. But the place that the, the lady thinks is Columbo's house, where there she thinks she's watching him eat poisoned lemon marmalade, turns mm-hmm. out, no, it's Sergeant Brady's house. Sergeant Brady, heretofore in this episode, uh, played by, as, as you put it, CB, a very uh, Bob Saget-looking fella, um... I put him what uh, early thirties at the most. Yeah, yeah. early thirties at the oldest, and yet yeah. he lives in a house that's decorated and owned by a grandma. Somehow, yep. I he's, don't he's, get uh, that. Like milfs. <laughs> oh, baby, that's it. Yeah, but my, it's my just a weird backstory. I'm sorry, my well, preferred backstory had... is that he just inherited it from his grandma. I would hope so, because otherwise they didn't need to have it be his house. They could have mentioned some other 
person in the forest, she didn't need to have seen them before in the episode. I don't know why they felt that story-wise it had to be that guy's place, because it just does not no. fit that actor at plus, all. Plus, well, they if... Also- they also went ahead and like wrapped up like where the photo of his wife came from. It turns out right. it's his sister-in-law. Like they were right. trying to like strengthen some some plot points in this episode, and I think they chose that one, which which is yeah. maybe not. That was a, that was a weird one to choose. I think all that's going to happen is she's going to get out of prison, and she's going to go after Brady and and Columbo's sister-in-law. Yes, there you go. Oh, I'll show you. You know. Oh God. Yeah, I um, like. Yeah. Oh, we were supposed to be talking about stuff we liked, and it didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> oh no! I'll tell you something I liked a great deal. Okay. I like that Oprah's boyfriend's in this episode. Stedman? What? Where? Do you mean Stedman. Roscoe Lee Brown? Oh, Roscoe Lee Brown? Dos- yeah, Doctor Stedman. Oh, no. Roscoe Lee Brown. <laughs> that makes me happy. I, I, lo- oh, I really loved cute. I loved Roscoe Lee Brown being this episode. I wish he had been in more. And it made me kind of think, like, God, I wish he had been in one where he was a killer. Because that guy, oh, he's a good, solid actor. He would have been amazing going up against Columbo and just being exasperated, annoyed with him for 90 minutes. Yes. I would have loved to have seen that episode of Columbo. So I was happy to see him, even for that brief amount of time, because he was great. I told mm-hmm. you, like, earlier that all the day. episodes only have white killers, though. I, uh, is that yeah. true or no? Probably is, yeah. I think that's probably true. Yeah, we should well, do a check. white, rich jerks. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. Well, except for that one where the uh, the lady has Alzheimer's and thinks that she's going to have a comeback. She wasn't really a jerk. She was her brain was falling apart. So. Yeah, so still, you don't be a jerk. I don't know. You have to, yeah. But uh, before I, the day I I watched this episode the first time preparing for the podcast, I've been watching Swamp Thing. The I, TV okay, show. John, John, you've been talking about this. Why have you been watching Swamp Thing? Uh, you know, I do run a comic book blog called Gone and Forgotten. I'm going to start doing episode recaps. Oh, no! A of the terrible comic book 19, 1991 to 1993 USA Network television series Swamp Thing. Why just which, that one? Why that one? Because no one's covering that That's one. True. Well, That's true. Well, for good it's reason. Awful. That's pain. You're it is, hurting it is yourself. Hilarious. Oh, dear. When, this, epi- sorry, when we get this episode of the podcast up, I think the first one's going to be on the site, so it's good timing. Okay. Um, but I had just watched an episode of Swamp Thing that Roscoe Lee Brown was in as a voodoo bokan. Oh, Roscoe Lee Brown. But it and it was like an embarrassing waste. But he's so good in it. Yes, he's good. That's the thing. He's it's good. very watchable. He's a great and his like, actor. He's still trying to enjoy his escargot, even though he's being oh, annoyed. Oh, I know. He's, he's, he's like this is good line from. Oh, and you're going to have to deal with it. Things oh. I really love in this episode. Great line from Columbo. When Roscoe Lee Brown's Doctor Stedman says it's something like, mentions the garlic garlic butter mm-hmm. that he's that he's eating with his escargot and Columbo's line is does that hide the taste of the snails? Yes, that's a great one. Yeah, so, a good uh, line. Uh huh. That's a very good line. Peter, Peter is Fisher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Roscoe Lee Brown. Good high point of the episode. Okay. Well, well as as we start uh, kind of coasting to the end here, let's get back to the positive. Uh, yeah. What were some other positive good things? Yes, please, Stevie. What were some other positive good things about this episode? So it's not all just, oh, what did they do here? Go ahead, oh, please. Oh, I liked, uh, I liked the guy, Mr. Connolly, who uh, got framed by uh, Helen, what's your name? Oh, like that. Uh, he gets so angry. He did a very so good mad. job. He, he's so mad at the Being inconvenience of having to come down to the station. And then yes. they're like, okay, well, you're clear. You can go. And then he's so mad at the convenience of leaving <laughs> early. Yep. <laughs> Does that guy, he really struck me as like that character too would have been a perfect addition to a Tim and Eric show. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
just a guy who gets furiously angry and then they, at I, the I, smallest I, thing. Or I screen capped his his screaming face. Oh, when you they, did good. When nice. Columbo tells him he can go, and it's one of the funniest things. Oh, I can go, huh? <laughs> That's oh, it. Damn you. you brought me down here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was, was he was a highlight. Yes, he was a highlight. Yes. Mm-hmm. I like his tab front pants. I think more pants should uh, be full of tabs. Uh, they so, look, they oh pucker no. less in the crotch area. Mm-hmm. Um, people Fair need to get point. better pants. Wait, who's tab front pants? Columbo's or that, that angry uh, dude? Mr. Mr. Connolly's. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you know, if we're going for positive things about the episode and we're getting down to a character who was on for like two minutes and his pants were good, maybe we're, we're stretching. Are you kidding? <laughs> maybe we're stretching. I don't know. Stedman was on for two minutes. You liked him. Oh, I love it. was on more than two minutes. And also, he's a great actor. And that scene had more menace in it uh, for Columbo than anything with uh, uh, Dimitri. uh, uh, This is Dimitri. Yes, this is Dimitri. That scene, the way he told Columbo he should watch himself with her and the way he was stepping around it, that to me carried more weight for her being a dangerous person than anything she said or did the entire rest of the episode it's all it's all about her voice and her weird hair yes <laughs> it's, it's a lot not, of it's the voice not that scary i think it's she a casting like a nice a nice uh, a hygienic assist uh tooth hygienist yes definitely um, let's, yeah, do, no. let's do this yes take same actress helen shaver okay st- still a killer on a colombo episode okay. what how would you build a story around her to utilize her strengths it would have oh, to be an she's accident. A, she's a restaurant owner um, at a bed and breakfast who has been slowly killing multiple people, um, kind of arsenic and old lace. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That's I good. Would, I would say, I don't know the exact thing, but I think it would have to be um, an accidental, mm-hmm. in the heat of the moment kind of killing, and then she's desperately have, having to try to cover it up. And okay. she doesn't know how to. It's completely out of her thing to do it, and so she just kind of constantly keeps almost getting the breaking point of spilling the beans about what happened but it has to be like an accidental killing for me i think i'm on i like that too i i was pitching her as a restaurant owner going through a messy divorce Uh oh she she kills her husband in a fit of anger and then immediately panics yeah and then has to and then like oh I was wondering Ooh. if we should, I think that's too much. It's like f- Fred Green and Tomatoes or something. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> I think she should. I think it should be one of those fancy restaurants that has an herb garden in the back that you can visit. Oh, and I, I think she would bury, <laughs> bury him in the garden. <laughs> oh, that's so you get scenes of oh, Columbo no. going out to the garden, being like Rosemary. My wife loves Rose. She cooks with everything's got Rosemary, <laughs> and then yeah. she can just be like really nervously looking at the chicken coop or whatever, and. Chicken coop. <laughs> and then when he, like, he buries his wife, he puts a single sprig of rosemary on the coffin instead of rose. Yep. Uh, my favorite part of this episode is how much Tom Isbell's film students love him. No, what's that? What do you mean? Episode. Well, Tom Isbell played uh, Detective or Sergeant Brady, whatever mm-hmm. he was. And he now mm-hmm. teaches film studies at the University of Duluth in Minnesota, according to his IMTV page. Okay. Nice. And the only thread on his message board is it's under the heading who doesn't love tom isbel oh and oh. the next the next sentence by falcon rabbit posted on january 31st 2007 okay, is answer nobody there is no way not to love tom isbel <laughs> which is followed up by capo one who says he's great 
followed up by lack apathy. Uh, five years later, five, five years after the original post, <laughs> who says, he's such an amazing guy. He really, really is. He is such a great guy and has one of the most amazing senses of humor. Uh, I wish I could, I wish I could have had more time with him. Speaking of the class he was in. Oh. Fo- I wish he could have moved his face more on this episode. He could have, but yeah. he's, he's, he's known for deadpan according to lack apathy. Oh, okay. Uh, which is then followed by a person who didn't take a class but said, I'm watching 84 Charing Cross Road. He's so cute. <laughs> and, then, and then finally the last, last post in the thread, these posts are creepy. Oh, no. <laughs> no, that's Rip Shin, Monday, November 19th, 2012, ruining everyone's fun. Well, yep. they, and looking at his credits, like he did a lot of TV stuff in the uh, 80s and 90s, a couple movie things, and then he hasn't done anything since uh, Clear and Present Danger, 1994. And he was always playing like Waiter Eight and Guy at Door. But bless his heart for being a working actor, right? Yes. Oh, he was in a he was a wave reporter in the Abyss. <laughs> reporter yep. at High Rise and True Lies. Well, yeah, good for him for teaching the kids, though. That's yep. good. Yeah, they impart and that apparently well. loved, well loved by his pupils. I'm yep. I'm saying this utterly unironically. I think I think that's wonderful. No, it's good. It's nice. I hope he's yeah. I hope I yeah. I want to look it up and see like oh. Because they have those uh, things online where people can rate their professors. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was kind of curious to like look up and see. Like, And I'm going to guess it's probably nothing but five stars. Or whatever kids use to rate things anymore. I yeah, don't know. I'm not even going to look it up. I'm just going to assume five stars. Yes, it's got to be. Old Tom Isbell. Yep. All right. I mean, Midwestern charm. There you go. All Stand right. So this episode. And he's tall. No, he yep. seems like a very... So he's literally a stand-up guy. <laughs> yep. Especially next to... Peter Falk. Tiny Columbo. <laughs> diminutive pillow. Um, okay, well, let's let's go around a bit. Um, you, if you, <laughs> I mean, I'm just... It's our usual wrap-up thing. Uh, I'm sorry, I looked anyway. You looked anyway what? I looked at his rate, my professor. He's on here. Yes, and? 4.5 out of 5. There you oh, go! Three. He seems like a genuinely nice fellow. Who's probably a, a very good teacher. Yes. Eight plus average grade, and his hotness level is one red pepper, which I don't know what that well, means. Well, okay. That's out of, well, that's out of how many red peppers? That's the important thing to know. Everybody he... loves this guy. He's great. All right. Well, I'm a fan. I'm a big fan now. Well, there we go. And he, went, he was born in Minnesota, so he went back home to do the teaching thing. Bless his it's heart. Like, I have my time in L.A. I'm going back to impart yeah. the wisdom. That's Where good. Where the people are real. He seems like a good guy. Join us next week for the next episode of our Tom Isbell-centric podcast. Yes. <laughs> Just one more Tom Isbell. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Isbell so, or Is You Ain't My Baby. That'll be the name oh, of the that's show. that's good one. Thank you. Oh, boy. All right. So, uh, uh, wrapping things up, Stevie, what is, so overall, you like this episode. Uh, some final thoughts. What did you like about it? What, yeah. Oh, yeah, I liked uh, the costumes and the sense of menace and, uh, and the strange, strange accents. Um, but uh, before we do go, I want to, I want to tell something about your podcast. Oh no. Uh, oh crap. I've listened to it. I got my finger and... on the button. What? What are you going to say? <laughs> oh, it's okay. Uh, John and I know each other socially. And so I listened to five episodes of this podcast in a row. And then oh, I had here. a dream that what? I ran into oh, John at right. a party and I was kind of hugging him while eating a large slice of pizza. And he said, Hey, nice to see you. Me and my wife are expecting a baby. I said, Oh, really? And he said, Yes, we're naming it Ida Lupino. Yep. <laughs> boy, boy or girl. It's going to be Ida Lupino. I think it might have been your dog, actually. But, uh, <laughs> oh, my Lord. Ida Lupino. 
Oh, I've had that Why same not? dream. Why not? Anyway, Ida's right. a lovely name. <laughs> You'll soon be able to buy a t-shirt with this dream on it. Yes. My <laughs> new sideline. Name, uh, name, my, name my kid Ida uh-huh. Oh, dear. John. Well, actually, Where's I'll give it? you a second, John. In case you need to work up uh, your your rating. No, I've got I got my rating. Oh, well, I'm just going to... Well, I've got... Mine's easy. Oh, we have a rating. Yeah, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Um, out of you, how many? Well, out, out of whatever you want, because I make it up every time. Yes, so. there we go. Um, I'm just going to say that I I this one overall, I thought it was almost a good episode. There were a lot of elements in it that could have worked really well, but there were just some really weird choices made in terms of casting... And the way to handle certain things that just kept it from being all right. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it was it was it was strange. Like it was almost okay, but then it was like, eh. It was difficult to watch a second time, is what I'm saying. Yeah. But all right, John. What what how what would you give this episode? Lots of good ideas. Lots of good attempts. Yes. Really, I don't want to say bad execution, but I would say not very not clear and guided execution. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a better way to put it, yes. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure McKeevity has his strengths. I do like myself some Murder, She Wrote. And some well, and also he directed uh, one of the Apple Dumpling Gang films, so sure. Oh, yeah, that's right. We talked about that. And the Her- clock is right. Twice Herbie Goes Bananas. Yes, mm-hmm. so there you go. But uh, I, there is there is so much that could have... Actually, I think, thinking about it, there were so many ideas in this one. Probably it would have been better to split them up mm-hmm. and try... like. Bringing, bringing a murderer back in one episode or bringing a, the wife of a murderer back in one episode, mm-hmm. doing the funeral thing in a different episode, doing the death of Mrs. Columbo in a different episode. Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. otherwise it just feels very crowded and vague. And because of that, I have to give it four out of ten jars of murder marmalade. Oh, there we go. Murder marmalade. <laughs> Which is delivered in the murder car. Oh. Yes. The murder bag. <laughs> yeah. Yes. All right. Well, thank you, Stevie. Thank for you. Being on the show. Thank you for watching this episode several times and talking to us about it. Uh, yep. Where should people uh, go to, uh, to see what you're doing these days and what in your work? Uh, I have a Tumblr that's uh, stevieplease.tumblr.com. And then I'm on Twitter as Spoolses. S P O O L S E S. Spoolses. Yep, and I have a t-shirt uh, storefront of which uh, has one garment that I dreamed about Olson's Reliable Bees. <laughs> and that is at uh, T-Fury, T-Public, T-Public slash yeah. CDNB. All right, good. We'll go buy and, a t-shirt. Uh, yeah, go buy my t-shirt. Yes. <laughs> and check out her Tumblr because Stevie is a fantastic illustrator. <laughs> Especially considering how young you are. You are just super. I'm 30 years old. 30? That's young. Lord. Yes. That's I'm just short. Young. You're thinking that I'm young because I'm short and high-pitched. No, I, no, <laughs> I, think, no you're, you're I young. think you're a borrower because you're short and high-pitched. Uh, <laughs> I think you live in a mouse hole and sleep in a matchbox. We've oh, talked about dear. this. It's Wait, a 30- is, she, is she a borrower or a little? I think she... <laughs> Which one? It's I think a 13 she... can with a, with a bandana for sheep. <laughs> I think I think she's I think she's the love child of an illicit borrower little Romeo Juliet situation. Oh yeah, that could oh, be that's why I'm bilingual. Right there, you go. <laughs> speak both. <laughs> anyway, well, well, thank you very much for doing thank the program. Thank you both very much. Thank you. Uh, that's the show for this time around. If you want to find out what we're doing online, uh, you can go to jomtpodcast.com dot com, where you can listen to new or old episodes, or go to the podcast section of iTunes, the TV and film area, or whatever 
uh, podcast application you happen to use. Uh, if you want to follow us on Tumblr, where we're not just posting about episodes, uh, John posts screen caps for the thoughts about things. Uh, head over there. It's jontpodcast.dumpler.com. And of course, we'll let you know about the latest news and retweet things about Columbo on Twitter at jontpodcast on twitter.com. You see the theme there? JMT Podcast. Just remember that. Never forget. Have dreams about it along with babies named Ida Lupino. Yes. And you'll be able to find us on the internet wherever you are. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back to you next time with another episode of Columbo. Hopefully going back to the 70s. we got to look into that because we've done a bunch of these, it seems like. Uh, I'm RJ White. I'm John Morris. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, listen, just one more thing. Hey, John, Johnny Boy, J-Man, it's the art dog. <laughs> Guess what? This, this is outrageous. I got us tickets to the big game with the sports arena on the second day of the week if you count Monday as the first day of the week. Seriously? That's great. I almost spat out popular beverage. And you'll never guess where we're sitting. In chairs, yeah. three straight rows, vertically away from one of the ends of the sports arena, they have to keep putting the ball. No way. I thought admission documents to Sports Arena were unavailable for money purchase. I don't know, guys. Sometimes able to procure admission documents to games at Sports Arena, and I was able to give them U.S. currency, U.S. paper currency, in exchange for the admission documents. That That is great. That is awesome. I am a huge fan yeah. of, of Los Angeles sports team. Who are they playing? The Chicago sports team. It's nice. going to be insane. Yeah. So, uh, should, should we meet there? Or should I pick you up at your business building? Or... Uh, let, let, let me drive, actually. I just leased a 2016 vehicle, and I'm dying to try it out. Nice. Well, I think the access doors of Sports Arena open at 5 hours and 30 minutes past noon, but they don't start mm-hmm. moving the ball around until 7 hours past noon. Well, traffic on the Automobile Memorial Highway between Workplace Industries and Sports Arena will be pretty heavy. Ah, shit, yeah. Uh, oh, hey, 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 how about that uh, alcohol bar where they have the large television sets? Uh, is that Alcohol Establishment on Street Road uh, or Alcohol and Limited Food Options Establishment on Street Boulevard? Uh, Boulevard, the one on Boulevard. All right, Sports Arena! Woo! Go Los Angeles team! Yeah. I like that one, but let's do one more for safety. Okay. For safety. <laughs> what the safety thing i'm sorry no i was just i was just reading that apparently at the end of the remastered return of the jedi uh-huh. they they this i can't i don't have the full details but apparently they added a scene in jar jar binks's underwater town and you actually hear someone go we so free oh I remember, I remember they showed, I remember the scene, but I don't remember them saying anything. That's the worst thing I've ever seen. All right. <sighs> That's the worst thing. That's pretty bad, though. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Yeah. <clears throat> God, uh, I should be murdering more Hollywood people. Okay. Yeah, probably.